I play my position. You talking too much. Please learn how to listen. I never give up. I'm not quitting. I'm persistent. Welcome back to the Y Network, where we interview every job occupation, A through Z, from the trash man to the CEO, and ask them how and why they started doing what they're doing so that you can find your dream job too. Today, I'm with Tavon Jackson, who is a financial advisor, author, and entrepreneur from the D.C. area, who's not only a graduate of Mount St. Mary's basketball team, but he decided to forego his professional career in order to pursue financial advising, and he does have a lot to share with us today, so um, Tavon Jackson, please, please, please go ahead and fill in those gaps that I did miss out on because I know I did miss a lot. All right. And uh, thank you for having me on your podcast. I appreciate it. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. So, yeah, I graduated from Mount St. Mary's University. I was a triple major, uh, majored in math, business and information systems. Mm-hmm. Um, so you could say I was the nerd on the basketball team. OK, OK. <laughs> And uh, so the reason I became a a financial advisor was really because I saw a lot of my teammates who actually did play professional and also some guys that I played AAU with that went to the NBA. They were terrible with their money, Mm. terrible with their money. And I realized that if I couldn't make it to the NBA, at least I can help manage the people's money that's in the NBA. Yeah. Yeah. So so that's why I got into the financial financial industry. Okay. Okay. Now, um, you did cover a lot in that intro, but go ahead and tell me like a little bit more in depth, more in detail of why you became a financial advisor in the first place. Yep. So it was mainly just a lack of a lack of financial education, um, especially in the African-American community. Mm-hmm. Uh, um, I wanted to be the person that looked like them, because when you think about most financial advisors, they don't look like us. Yes. And I wanted to be that face that they can say, Hey, I could trust this guy. I want to work with this guy. I agree. Um, You see a lot of times that people in the African American community, we make a lot of money. Mm -hmm. We're very wealthy, make a lot of money, but we spend it on the wrong things. Mm. So I wanted to teach them that it's really not about how much you make, but it's really how much you keep. And versus buying this house that doesn't have any furniture in it or buying these multiple cars, Mm -hmm. you can actually own a lot of these companies and you can own Apple, you can own Disney. So, I really just wanted to be that face and that voice um, to provide financial education, uh, especially in my community. Okay. Um, and that sounds really good. Um, I personally agree with that. I don't know if you've ever been to uh, Prince George's County or anything like that, but that's like the main hub of, you know, people who rather have a big house than, you know, even put their kids in a, the neighboring better education system, Montgomery County. So, yeah, that's a big point that you just touched on right there. Um, but really what I want to know is, like, how long did it take for you to be like, okay, this is this is actually like, how old were you? What was the process like? What was it? What was what was going on through your head when you decided, okay, this is it? Yeah, so I've always been in sales. Um, I've sold everything from bubble gum to kitchen knives. I mean, I used to have the little Skittle, Skittle vending machine. I used to take to school and <laughs> they put a quarter in. Mm-hmm. So I've always been in sales. And at the time when I was selling the kitchen knives, I thought, yo, this is something that everybody needs to have. This mm-hmm. knife. Mm-hmm. So I realized I became a financial advisor and I can actually help people on a greater scale, helping them with their retirement, their life insurance, their wills. I think I could make a much, much bigger impact. Um, so this is something that I've always wanted to do. I've always been interested in investing in how to grow my money. Uh, with a lot of my friends were going out to the club and partying, man, I was reading and, mm. and looking up stocks. So I've always had a strong interest in it. Okay. And 
it's a lot harder now than I'm seeing for a lot of younger millennials to retire because mm-hmm. for the pension, Social Security might go away. So this information is crucial. Um, so that's why I wanted to learn it um, like I did and then also teach my clients as well. OK, OK. Um, now, uh, what is an average day like for you for being a financial advisor? And let me uh, go ahead and add in because uh, I don't think I even mentioned that. Not only is he a financial advisor, but he also has his own ATM business. You also have a publishing company. Yeah, so, publishing as well. yep. so a full-blown entrepreneur, not only just a financial advisor, actual full-blown entrepreneur has two businesses on the side as well. So uh, can you can you talk more about those? Yeah, let me talk about the other company. So I'm a, I've written four books, mm-hmm. and my books pretty much were basically on investing. So my first book was called 40 Acres and Some Dividends. Mm-hmm. And it's recovering from a broken promise. So if you remember the 40 acres and a mule, um, all the slaves were promised 40 mm-hmm. acres of land and a mule and mm-hmm. they never got it. Yeah. So it's similar to finance because a lot of people are promised Social Security, these pensions, and they may not get it. So I wrote an investing one-on-one book for African-Americans. Um, it's in Barnes & Nobles. It's on Amazon. And the second book I wrote was uh, Poor Dad, No Dad. Mm-hmm. So it was a spinoff of the Rich Dad, Poor Dad book. Yes. So everybody read Rich Dad, Poor Dad, but not everybody had a rich dad or no dad at all. Yeah, exactly. So this really related um, to a lot of people. Um, I wrote a book called Love and Finance, and then also there's a book, um, so many books, <laughs> mm-hmm. Love and Finance, and there's also um, a book called ATM Life, mm-hmm. and How to Quit Job and Invest in ATM Machines. So... So when I wrote these books, a lot of people were asking me questions like, hey, how did you publish it? How did you get into Barnes and Nobles? And then they were telling me their experience. And a lot of them were getting taken advantage of mm-hmm. by the publishers who were charging twenty to thirty thousand dollars to get somebody's book out. Wow. So I ended up coming out with my own company, made it affordable for everybody so that everybody can afford it. And it's been great. Um, and with regards to the ATM machines. I'm always that curious person. So every time I go to an ATM machine and pay that $3, I'm like, man, who was this money going to? Mm, so mm-hmm. I reached out to my friend who actually had his own ATM business and I did a lot of research and I got into the business. And every time somebody swipes on one of my machines, it goes right into my bank account. Wow. So, so it's that residual income that I try to teach my clients about that. It's not really how hard you work, but if you have your money working for you. So. Mm, wow. Okay. Um. So the, um, the, the publisher, the publishing uh, company sounds more sounded more like an opportunity thing. Like, okay, people were being left out of, uh, or there was a problem that needed to be solved. Is yes. uh, more what it sounds like um, over there. The ATM was more of an opportunity thing. Of, okay, there's a there's a market here, and I can definitely make money doing this. Um, now, but what I want, what I do want to know is because you're such a busy man. Well, it seems like what is an average day like for you? Well. I always tell people it's, it's real big. I'm real big on delegation. So making sure that I'm not doing all the work. Uh, one of my mentors told me the reason that McDonald's is such a successful company is not because they have the best burger, but they have the best systems in place so that a 16 year old can come in there and they won't lose a beat. Definitely. So I learned early to set good systems, hire some really good assistants to manage everything for me. Mm-hmm. Uh, but my typical day, I usually wake up around six o'clock. Mm hmm. Um, I go to the gym, I play basketball, it's a basketball court near my house, so I do that every day, mm-hmm. got to keep the jump shot right. Yep. <laughs> so doing that, and then at 8 a.m., or probably like 8 to 10, I door knock. Okay. And 
I knock on doors, um, businesses, and a lot of financial advisors, they don't do that. Mm-hmm. But I'm real, real big on doing things a little different and mm-hmm. also uh, meeting my clients face-to-face. Mm-hmm. I'm going to cold call you. You're not gonna know. You're going to know exactly who I am when I knock on your door. Mm-hmm. And I can knock on probably 50, 60 doors, maybe only get two responses, but mm-hmm. I think that face-to-face really helps me stand out from a lot of other people. Okay. Um, after I door knock... Um, I follow up with all my assistants, my whole team for my companies, make sure everybody knows what their task is for the day. Um, and then I usually have about four appointments a day, mm-hmm. I do two in the morning, two in the evening for the people who work the nine to five jobs. Mm-hmm. And then, like I said, I'll watch some basketball, sometimes watch ESPN and relax, but that's pretty much my day. So I try oh. to do four appointments a day. And then at night I plan the next day because I don't believe that you should plan your day during the day. You should mm-hmm. plan it night before. Dinner. Okay. And yeah, that's that's my day. Okay, okay. Um, now let me ask you something. Um, because you do, you do do a little bit of door to door. I actually used to do a little bit of door to door, and I actually I stopped. But what do you enjoy the most about uh, what you do every day? Well, I really, really like helping. I really like helping the ones who are entrepreneurs. Mm-hmm. Um, they really took that leap of faith. Mm-hmm. Say, hey, I don't want to work a nine to five job, or hey, I don't want to commute. Or, hey, I don't want to work somewhere for three years and get a dollar raise. Mm-hmm. Like, they took a leap of faith saying, hey, this is something that I'm passionate about. So, mm-hmm. they like helping the entrepreneurs set up retirement plans for themselves, mm-hmm. business plans, and have that vision to eventually cash out their business in the future. And I really like working with the youth, too. So, kids 10 and under, um, I do a lot of training sessions teaching young kids about stocks mm-hmm. and about investments and about how to set a business up while you're young. So that when you graduate high school, graduate college, they can't say that you don't have any experience. So they tell me, hey, I got 20, 23 years of experience. Yeah, 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 yeah. So that, that was really makes me uh, makes me happy. Um, I love having my meetings at restaurants. I love food. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so uh, who doesn't? Restaurants, that would be my ideal ideal situation so okay okay um and now i mean you really you really sound like a man who impacts his community a lot um what does community mean to you for uh like what does your your community your specific identity because as i mean we are both african-american males but what you know what what about what what about it makes you want to impact them the most yeah because i'm real big on just on education in the community um i'm not the one that always is donating all the money or mm-hmm. doing all this. I want to actually teach them how to be able to become profitable themselves. Mm-hmm. And I'm working with a lot of individuals. I believe that everybody has a passion in something. They just need somebody to help them get it out. Yeah. So I do a lot of free seminars. I do a lot of free business meetings. Anybody that wants to talk to me, there's no cost or there's no consultation fee just to kind of have an expert kind of go over your plan and see if it makes sense. Mm-hmm. So I'm real big on just giving education back mm-hmm. um, to versus actually giving dollars back because mm-hmm. if you give them education then the dollars are going to flow exactly um, so that's, that's my passion with community mm-hmm. okay so what do you enjoy the least about your job man door knocking in the summer door knocking in the winter <laughs> <laughs> it's, uh, um, but also also people who don't take action mm-hmm. you know you have some people out there who are very analytical Mm-hmm. And they can have a great situation, a great opportunity, and then they have to, they'll talk themselves out of it just because they need to know every single detail or they may miss out on a perfect opportunity. Mm. Uh, but like I said, all I can do is provide the education. They can make the decision from there. Um, but yeah, that's the main thing. I love a lot about what I do. Um, but I like people who are go getters, um, like myself. So 
if I can help you and you have a plan and it makes sense, then you need to do it. Okay. Uh, but yeah, it's not that many things I don't like, but I, I, I do like a lot of things, but don't like a lot. <laughs> right. Yeah, yeah, I feel you. I feel you. Yeah, and again, um, you know, with every that's that's the way it is with every job. Uh, there's no matter how much you love it, it's just like loving your mom. You don't love her all the time, do you? Like sometimes yeah, she gets okay. on your damn nerves. So <laughs> you know what I mean. So um, let me go ahead and ask this though. The um, you were talking a lot about um, childhood, like selling stuff during childhood. Um, now, what, like, even, like, tickled your interest in even selling? Because I, I do want to ask you, like, what were some childhood hobbies and habits that you had um, that really, you know, manifested into what you are today? Mm-hmm. Man, that's a great question. You know, I really think, I really think your upbringing has a lot to do with that. Mm-hmm. Uh, if your family's working nine-to-five job, then you might work a nine-to-five job. If your mm-hmm. family's entrepreneurs, you're going to become an entrepreneur. And it was different because my mom and my dad, they, they worked nine to five jobs, but they mm-hmm. always had side businesses. Okay. Um, but then I think the main thing was just, I was living in Waldorf most of my life, Waldorf, Maryland, mm-hmm. Southern Maryland. Mm-hmm. Just seeing that commute every day, you're wasting four hours a day driving to a job, driving back. Mm. The fact that somebody can just say, hey, today I don't want you to work anymore. You're fired. Mm. That's scary. That's scary. Yeah. And. That was something I never, I never wanted to do. Mm. As an entrepreneur, it's, it's rough. There can be months that you can go without making a single penny. Mm. Um, but that's the risk that you take. I mean, to invest in yourself. So yeah, uh, you got a full scholarship into Mount Saint Mary's. Yeah. Do you think that grades in school matter for the success in your career? I would say no. Mm-hmm. I would say no, and this is something that I, I debated with my mom with for a long time. Mm-hmm. So. You know, most parents want their kids to get straight A's, mm-hmm. you know. But it's easy to get straight A's if you take easy classes. Mm-hmm. And a lot of kids don't really push themselves because they're so worried about what their report card is going to be. Mm-hmm. So they might take karate and painting class when <laughs> they could be taking advanced calculus or public speaking or marketing. I agree. Um, so I'm really big on whether you have straight C's or straight B's, you still got your diploma. Mm-hmm. You know? And I'm really big on taking classes, taking courses that's going to enhance what you want to do as a career. Mm-hmm. So for me, I took public speaking, mm-hmm. I took marketing, mm-hmm. I took Japanese and Spanish class. Like all these classes I didn't really need, mm-hmm. but it's become, helped me become a well-rounded entrepreneur and individual. So I would say grades don't matter. I would say um, the whole school system, I think, is pretty much corrupted, like hey, you should really push these kids to learn. And I know some of the the higher, some of the schools that are not public schools that you got to pay a lot of money to get into, mm-hmm. they don't grade the kids. Mm. They don't even get A's, B's, and C's. They just apply. They just get the information. Yeah. So that is um, something that, like I said, always take a course that's going to enhance who you are, that's going to make you a better person. If your high school or college offers a cooking class, or a web design class, or a handyman class, take that. Don't just take the easiest one just so you can say you got an A or a 4.0 or whatever it might be. So. I agree. Yeah, I think a lot of students nowadays are worried more about the grades and, you know, the being accepted into college or um, just anything, any pressures, any outside pressures that, um, you know, the normal adolescent gets growing up uh, in America, especially. Let me let me go ahead and ask you this. So a lot of people out there, because I actually personally know a lot of people who 
want to be financial advisors, like high school students who just graduated, actually, who want to be financial advisors. And I tell them, oh, well, you know, I think you just take, you know, the Series 7 or something like that. So what walk me through the process of becoming a financial advisor. And, you know, what's a piece of advice that you give to those people who want to be right there in your shoes growing up? Yep. So if you want to do the stocks and the mutual funds and all of that, you have to get what's called a Series 7 and a Series 66 mm-hmm. license. Um, but for people who are looking to just get into the industry, because um, the Series 7 is one of the hardest tests that you possibly can take mm-hmm. next to the CPA exam and the CFP. Mm-hmm. But if you get your life and health license, so your life insurance license, your health insurance license, that will takes about two weeks to get that. Mm-hmm. You're able to do not only life insurance, but you can do IRAs, you can do 401ks, you can do retirement plans. Mm-hmm. That's a good gateway to see if you even like the industry. And then if you like it, and you're being successful and you want to do the stocks and all that stuff later, then you can. But if you want to get into the financial business, I would recommend everybody get their life and health license. And then, like I said, you can make an impact right away. So, Okay, so what what really interested you into, um, like, I mean, because for the Series 7, like coming coming out of college and going, to, uh, going into that, what really interested you in, like, being like, okay, financial advisor over, you know, like what, like the Series 7, what, what? What really like brought out the the most potential in you that you think is going to take you the farthest? Um, because I let my series seven go just because I was really concerned about the because uh, the market volatility is something you can't really control. Mm-hmm. And even if you were working with clients, like you had to worry about all these ups and downs in the market. It's a very emotional business. Mm-hmm. So I actually went over to the life insurance and the uh, the life and health sides because a lot of the investments that we offer is no downside. It's mm-hmm. no negative. So the market crashes, you won't lose a penny. Mm-hmm. Now, I have a peace of mind. My clients have a peace of mind that no matter what happens, no matter what the president tweets, no matter what we're doing, you're not going to lose a penny. Mm-hmm. Uh, so we're really big on that. We're really big on setting up pensions for a lot of people. Mm-hmm. So if you don't have a pension, and maybe you just only have a 401k, but you're not going to get that guaranteed check. We can create one of those for you. So that's the route that I went now. And I love it. I love it. Perfect. 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 And say, Mr. Tavon, really, I, I really appreciate the, uh, the time you took out of your day just to come and talk to us today. Um, I, I know, I know for a fact a lot of people are going to appreciate this one. Um, Tavon Jackson, entrepreneur, financial advisor, publisher. I mean, this guy, he's just amazing. I mean, so, um, Tavon, I, I just want to, again, give you the best thanks that I can right now. The first Skype interview, first official Skype interview of the podcast. Uh, and again, I really appreciate it. Please. So let me actually uh, say, uh, is there anything that you want to leave um, the people, the audience with that they can maybe reach you or just even like look up your stuff, your books? Any links in the description that we can leave below. All right. If anybody's interested in contacting me or checking out my books, please go to my website, IamTayJackson.com, and that's T-A-Y-Jackson.com, and you can order my books. Um, if you're interested in me coaching you financially, um, so it's all on my website, IamTayJackson. Mm-hmm. And thank you so much for having me. Perfect, perfect. Wait, 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 wait. Before you go, make sure to subscribe to our YouTube, iTunes podcast, SoundCloud and Google Play channels at YI Network and make sure to follow us on all social media platforms at YI Network. That's Facebook, Snapchat, Instagram, Twitter, all that. And if you or somebody you know loves their job and would like to inspire others too, make sure to email me at 
why I'm passionate at gmail.com. Again, why I'm passionate at gmail.com. Talk to you guys soon.